praise the Lord. First John 2, 5. Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. First John 2, 5. Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. Lord, we don't want to be just hearers of your word. Show us how to be doers of your word as well. Enable us to respond the way we should and obey you. Show us when we are not doing what it says. Help us to apply your word to our hearts. Help us to apply your instructions and our ears to your words of knowledge. May your word correct our attitudes and remind us of what our purpose is on earth. May it cleanse our hearts and give us hope that we can raise above any limitations. It is food to our soul and we can't live without it. Help us to know you better through your word. Help us, Father, to know you better through your word. Father, today we pray you speak to our hearts. We've come to receive from you. Prepare us. We are determined to learn from you, King of Kings. May the Spirit of the Lord move among us and let the name of the Lord be glorified. Father, this evening, breathe through me. Speak through me. Heal through me. Leave people through me. Change us, Lord. Transform through me and be glorified through me. You are from everlasting to everlasting. You are Lord. And we acknowledge your King of Kings. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, we've prayed. Amen and amen. You're all welcome. Tonight is fellowship. It is indeed a blessing to be at his feet. Uh, this month, we are dealing with consecration. That is the theme for this month. But our topic today is understanding the kingdom of God. Understanding the kingdom of God. It is drawn from Luke 17, 20, 21. Luke 17, 20, 21. And I read, once on being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Verse 21. Nowhere will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. I repeat, Luke 17, 20, 21. Once on being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is something that you can be, that can be observed. No way people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your amidst. When, when I was praying, there are many things that I didn't know about the kingdom of God. I didn't understand it basically, but God revealed more things to me. And among them, he said, the concept of the kingdom of God is primarily 
one of space, territory. It is not like one of space, territory, or politics, as in natural kingdom. But instead, it is one kingly rule, reign, and sovereign control. The kingdom of God is the realm where God reigns supreme. The kingdom of God is where Jesus Christ is king. In this kingdom, God is, God's authority is recognized and his will is obeyed. God's will is obeyed. There are major points in here. God reigns in supreme and Jesus Christ is the king. And God's authority is recognized and his will is obeyed. Sometimes the Bible refers to the kingdom of God as a present reality, while other times as a future realm or a territory. But Apostle Paul said the kingdom of God was part of our present spiritual life. When you look in Romans 14, 17, Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul also taught that followers of Jesus Christ enter into the kingdom of God at salvation. The major point is at salvation. He, God has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. It is written in Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We are talking about understanding the kingdom of God. Through the ministry of Jesus, there was a misconception about who he is. There was a misconception about his role. There was a misconception about his reign as a messiah, about his reign as a king. Most believed that God's kingdom is to be in future. It is like a future event or a future establishment. They didn't know that it was within them. Here in our text for this evening, Jesus explains that the kingdom of God is already established. The kingdom of God is already established. It began with the ministry of Jesus and continued throughout our day and will forever be established when the reign of Christ visibly covers the entire planet. If you want more details about that entire planet, how it will come in, you can read Psalms 22. Psalms 22 will give you detailed information on how it will be. These other two verses we are going to concentrate on today. The current kingdom which Christ established when his ministry began. So we are looking at Luke 17, 21 and 20, 20 and 21. That is what we are just going to majorly concentrate on tonight. So the religious leaders expected 
an earthly kingdom. They, they were not looking at the spiritual aspect of it. For them, they were expecting an earthly kingdom. When you look at 1720, being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God will come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look here it is or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. The Pharisees have their own mind concerning the kingdom of God. But to the disciples, Lord made a statement. When you look at Matthew 13, 11, Matthew 13, 11, the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. That's the Lord Jesus Christ told the disciples, which means for the disciples, they were permitted to understanding the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to others, they were not. So to them, belonging to the kingdom, having the Lord Jesus with them, believing him, receiving him, they got a right to be children of God. When you look at Hebrews 12, 8, Hebrews 12, 8, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, they had him, they had Jesus, and that kingdom cannot be shaken, which was very clear that the kingdom of God was already there. The Lord was referring to the unshakable kingdom that was already in place. Whenever the Lord was answering those questions, he was being referred to, he would answer the same thing because he was telling them the kingdom of the Lord is already in place. The kingdom of the Lord is within us because we have received him. When you receive Christ, the kingdom is within you. Remember the scripture says, Christ became unto us the wisdom, the righteous. But you see, still he would say in him, in Christ Jesus, having now begotten by salvation. So at salvation, that's when he witnesses the kingdom of God. Throughout the ministry of our Lord on earth, over and over again, he made claims of reality. He often called himself the son of God. Other times, he called himself Messiah or Christ. Or king, many, if not others, were so confused with these claims. They could not understand how is the Messiah, how he's the king, and how is Christ. They had Jesus call himself the king or Messiah. Yet, basically, there was no visible kingdom to go along with his claims. They would not understand the kingdom because they would not see that kingdom he was talking about. They would wonder, maybe Jesus was crazy. Oh, if I may ask, was he that one crazy or people are missing a point? Here, the Pharisees asked Jesus a question that must, that must not if all of us, eh, even including his followers, were asking among themselves and we are too afraid to ask in the presence, when will the kingdom of God come? I do believe even some of us here, we ask ourselves, 
when will the kingdom of God come? For the most part, most people, most of us, we fail to perceive the realization of God's redemptive movement right in front of our eyes. It is in front of us as it was in front of those Pharisees. They fail to realize that wherever God is truly recognized and honored as king, there you find his kingdom. I repeat, where God is recognized and honored as king, there you will find his kingdom. But the big misunderstanding of those around Jesus was that the kingdom of God is a future kingdom and it is entirely an earthly visible kingdom. But that was not true. The Pharisees and many of their followers were looking forward to the arrival of an outward, earthly, visible kingdom, one in which the Jews would occupy a very prominent place. They could hardly wait because then they would have the upper hand. God would smite the Romans. Those were their dreams, their thinkings. God would smite the Romans like he had done with other foreigners in the past. They started visualizing how Israel will be established as a political head of the world. They started imagining how they would enjoy the prominent positions as God's representatives because already they were in power. They, They could not wait for that visible kingdom to come. And they were wondering, Jesus, when will this happen? When will the kingdom come? I I hope most of us on this call, we are not also waiting for that kingdom to take upper places. I I hope we we know that the kingdom is within us already here. That is, if you believe in him, if you honor him, if you recognized him, That means you should know that you're with the Savior. But you see, their Pharisees, because of love of God, because of their lack of love for Christ, it led them to severe misunderstanding. They loved the thought of being an established visible kingdom, one which will be and they will be exalted more than the God, more than king. They will be loved more than the Lord. They wanted prominent presses more than they loved God. For, for them, they were looking at themselves. That's why they were so much bothered about the kingdom of God. They're not bothered about eternity. No. They wanted prominent presses more than they loved Jesus. Because biblical history proves that when these expectations of a visible kingdom did not come to pass, did not pan out, they were in rank. They killed the king of glory. They killed him. They claimed authority as the son of God. Yet they saw not the power to reclaim Israel as the world leader. That's why he was put on that cross. Because what their expectations were, were not met. What they believed in did not come to pass. As we continue with our scripture, we are looking at the topic, understanding the kingdom of Lord, which is drawn from Luke 17, 20 to 21. Now we are going to the second bit. The kingdom is not coming with observable signs. 
The kingdom of God is not coming with observable signs. The kingdom of God cannot be like that. It will not say, look, here it is or there. No. God's kingdom is not something that can be seen. It will not be ushered in with observable signs. Jesus tells them, they believe that God's kingdom would be a kingdom one would see as one beheld great sight, such as our three other kingdoms, like those mansions where queens and princes and say, if this were the case, Jesus explained that people could say, look, here it is. But behold, Jesus' response is no, no. It's not going to be that way. You are not going to be able to observe it. The kingdom that God is bringing isn't going to be able to be observed that way because that is not the kind of kingdom that it is going to be. It is not going to be the earthly kingdom that we all observe and we see. No, that isn't what it is. And we'll all not everywhere in the gospels When you look at all the Gospels, it is very clear that the Pharisees were always looking for signs. They are looking for the signs of the kingdom of God. He will say things to them like, you flocks are good at weather forecasts, but you cannot really read the signs of the times. They are not like the sons of Ishak. They could not understand the times and the seasons. You know why? Because they valued themselves as readers of the signs of the times. And Jesus said to them, actually, you are not a very good readers of signs of the times. But the part of that is because they misunderstood the nature of the kingdom. I pray, brethren, that by the time we live here, we will not misunderstand the nature of the kingdom. I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us knowledge to interpret and understand what the kingdom of God is. The Jews were always looking for signs. Brother, let's not look for those signs. They were always trying to coax Jesus into giving them more signs and wonders. Jesus If you do one more amazing miracle, healing them, then we will believe. We believe that the kingdom is here. Yes, he did heal many. And they said he healed them through the power of Satan. They wanted miracles. But when he did perform them, now it was the power of Satan performing miracles. Brethren, how many times have we doubted without knowledge and understanding? How many times have we judged without any understanding? We don't dig deep. The best we do is to judge and look and make comments. Yet even the signs are there, but we choose what will suit us best. He taught us one having authority. They said he had a demon because he knew what he was saying. Because he knew who God is. How many times has people, has ministers of God stepped on pulpit or reached us anywhere because of their knowledge and understanding, because the authority of knowing the kingdom of God, we've started judging them that they are possessed by demons. Lack of knowledge. Hosea 
It has killed most of us. We've killed, we've put him back on the cross because of our misinformation. Because of not understanding the kingdom of God. We've branded ourselves, we've become junior spirits. We know who is the right prostor, who is the right reverend, who is wrong. First, work on ourselves. Let us work on ourselves, deal ourselves. Then we start knowing who is doing what and this. Like they just, Jesus, they said he had a demon. There was, however, a sign. They were missing it. They were missing it. Let us bring it back from Luke ourselves. We are missing the point. The king stood right in front of them, but they missed it. They missed him. That's how we miss our appointed time. That's how we miss our season. And they're wondering, how is that for a sign? You want a sign? Okay, here it is. And Christ was like, okay, here I am. You want a sign? Yes, here I am. That's really what Jesus was telling them. Here I am. And here is God's kingdom. But behold, no, they could not believe. The word here observed. And what that means, under scientific scrutiny, the world really puts everyone under scientific scrutiny. And that's what they did to our savior. In other words, the kingdom of God is not something that will be coming through certain verifiable data or testing procedures. How do you test who is born again and who is not? How do you test who is righteous and who is not righteous? What yardstick do we use? The kingdom of God cannot be tested or seen with our human eyes. It is a spiritual kingdom. It's not physical. It's not worldly. Brethren, one thing we have to understand is that the kingdom of God is in reference to the control, influence, the atmosphere, and the wind of God in it. And in this kingdom, the Lord deals with our spirit. Wherever we talk about the kingdom of God, it is not the kingdom of the body for the body, for the world, for us people, no. It is of the kingdom of the spirit. It's God being the head of everything in that kingdom. It is God dealing with the spirit. The scripture says, whoever is united with the Lord is the one with him in spirit. By virtue of us, me, you, and the rest receiving him, we do not become two. When Jesus was describing the church, he used a woman and a man as a husband and wife. Remember, he said, behold, to become one, not two. Because that is the unification that happens, which brings the justification when at times, whenever a man has gotten salvation, he is joined into God. So there is no separation. That is the superimposition of his kingdom upon man's spirit. So the kingdom is now within us. Why? Because we are joined into him and we are one spirit, not two spirits. 
He was trying to tell the disciples of how they are meant to function. He was trying to tell them how he designed them so that they flow from within him, not outside him. You see, when God was with the disciples and he was asked why the disciples were not fasting, yet the rest were fasting. And Jesus clearly asked them, how can the gates of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? So when you get salvation, you have to be in him, not outside. Once you're outside, that means you do not qualify. When you're joined with him, there is no separation. As long as there is royalty to the covenant, you have to be royal. You have to be cleansed. You have to be sanctified. have to be consecrated. You have to be in him. You have to obey. You have to walk in his will. You have to listen. You have to qualify to be his child. You really have to qualify to be in that kingdom. So when they are talking about understanding the kingdom of God, that is what it really has to remain in us. You know, he even says, I will take away a heart of flesh. I will give them a new heart and a new spirit. The new spirit that re-equals recreation. That scripture talks about that when we are in Jesus Christ, we are a new creation. And mark the word, behold, behold, the old is gone and the new has come. When the new has come, you'll be in the kingdom of God. Behold, you become a new creation. Behold, the past has passed. That is history. How many times do we keep on going back to Egypt to carry back the baggages and we judge ourselves and we determine that we do not qualify to be in the kingdom? When we left Egypt, brother, let's leave Egypt. Let's not carry the baggage. Let's not carry the regrets. Let's not carry the leftovers. Let us not go back to look for the mirrors. Let us not go back to look for the cucumbers. No, we become a new creation. And the fact that he has qualified us, he passes us. Who are you or who am I to judge that you're still in Egypt? Jesus is telling us, no one should come and tell you that the kingdom is coming. Of course, the Pharisees and their prophets had in their mind, Messiah is coming. Because of their religious standards, religion was controlling them. They were not being controlled by the word. No, they were being controlled by religion. They were trying to divert and take their minds off from the path through they were looking only for the dirt. But that doesn't mean that what the Pharisees by our heart at first was wrong. But the truth was not functional. The Lord was with them already. So in the current truth, that is why Peter would say, being a subject in the current and present truth, the truth that Jesus was presenting the disciples most of the times, the teachings the Lord was doing to the disciples. 
And when God was teaching those disciples, it was so that he would detach their minds from the world they knew, from the world they knew before bringing them to himself. He was detaching them from their past and bringing them to this kingdom that is now present. This truth, the Lord was presenting the kingdom was within. That's why you realize that whenever Jesus would go with the disciples to minister, the spirit of God would go before him and they would perform miracles and they would do everything God has assigned them to do because the spirit would depart and would go ahead of them. And before his departure, what most people say that before he died, before that time, he breathed unto them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And goes ahead to say, as the Father sent me, I send you. Do you get the correction, brethren? As the Father sent me, so I send you. So how did the Father send him? He pressed his spirit on him. Once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been positioned to understand the kingdom of God. Nothing is going to divert you because the Holy Spirit is the administrator in the kingdom of God. He's the one that superimposes the kingdom of God in man. It is within you, not outside you. And it means everything we have to do is within the circumference and reference of the kingdom that is within us. I'm joined unto the Lord and I'm one spirit. So what the Lord was achieving unto the disciples by breathing the Holy Spirit on that day was reconstitution that happens in a man. When we believe, when we trust, when we walk, when we do his will and follow him, we are reconstructed. It was man's spirit that died. He told Adam that the day you eat this fruit, you will surely die. So which part of Adam died, brethren? He said, the day you eat this fruit, you will surely die. The question is, which part of Adam died? It was the spirit. So the spirit was dead and would no longer comprehend the things of God. It would not comprehend to the things of God. But that's what salvation does. When you get salvation, that when we are born again, we are not talking being born again that when you're born by your mother, then I receive Jesus. No, I'm not talking about that born again. I'm talking about where once brought out of God, that is the first birth. And we died because of sin. And now sin, and now we are dead because of that sin. But once we receive him, that is what we call born again. Because we see in the time of Adam, then we are gone down. But now there was a reconstruction and God was like, yes, here you are. I do what? I buy you again. He bought 
us back. We are restored back to him. So the spirit that is died now receives life, but it was dead, but now it is born again. And why the first time, maybe it was because God birthed me out of himself and realized that, why? The scriptures say that one in Christ is a new creation. And that new creation is what happens when a man has received Jesus Christ. The new creation happens when a man receives Jesus Christ. Then the kingdom is activated. Let's look at this scenario. When you have a software, the kingdom, let's look at it like a soft layer that is not updated. You say, I'm born again, don't read the word, you don't pray, just that. Let's look at a software. A software cannot function if you're not going to update it. And it is up to you. It is up to you. It is a choice you need to make to update these softwares. They can be let functional, but you can find a way of recovering them. So whenever the Lord refers to anything, he refers it to himself. Update the softwares. Update. Because it is a choice. Back to the kingdom of God. When the Lord refers to anything, he refers it in himself. It is in himself that he permitted and located that place you are. It's the place that God tried to create. So whenever we refer to within, you refer to the functionalities attached from the function within that kingdom that functions. Because the kingdom of God has many functionalities. And there are many things you have to sacrifice. And there are many things you have to learn and relearn. In order to operate in the kingdom of God, you have to be open-minded. You'll be willing to receive. You'll be willing to be at his feet. You'll be willing to go through storms. You'll be willing to be refined. You'll be willing to be retrained. You'll be willing to be pluned. Don't think the kingdom of God will just come anyhow. A lot of sacrifices have to be made. And a lot. It's not written that nothing will not suffer, will not do anything. No, that is a misconception again of the kingdom of God. The part of the kingdom of God, when we continue to verse 21, the kingdom of God that could be seen was good king himself. If we bring in this phrase to help us understand what the nature of God king is more. Let us briefly look at John 18, the account of Jesus before Pilate. Pilate was not necessarily wanting to have Jesus crucified. He wasn't. He was not willing to let him. He, however, had an interest. He was interested in the possibility of Jesus being a threat to the reign of Caesar and also his reign as a governor. So he asks, he asked Jesus if he in fact was a king. He dared ask Jesus if he was a king. I want us to pay particular attention to Jesus's response. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. 
If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I've come into this world to bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. What do we understand by that? Jesus is a king. His kingdom is not an earthly kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom. As they had these things, they proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. Brethren, the kingdom is here now. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. That is our scripture for the day. The reason Jesus gives for not looking for signs to show that the kingdom of God is coming is because it had already come. It is in the midst of us. He was in the midst of them, he says, but they were looking for it. What did Jesus mean by this phrase, by the way, that the kingdom has already come? When we look at it, what did he mean? First, we have the fact of the kingdom being among the people as Jesus was among the people. He was among the people. So the fact that he was among the people, his preaching was a proclamation that the kingdom was here. The kingdom of God was this Jesus preaching. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. The word was sent for its purpose. Soon afterwards, he went through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom. The kingdom of God was his injurious as his miracles. It was first in Jesus' preaching. Now it is in his miracles. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The Bible is extremely clear on the fact that the kingdom of God began with the first coming of the king. The kingdom of God is still in our midst. Men and women, boys, girls are currently being saved by God and pressed into his kingdom. His work is going on. If you remain behind, you're missing your time, you're missing your gate. God is still in the nature of doing his work. He's still doing ministration. He's speaking. He's talking to us. But are we able to hear? May God help us to give us those spiritual eyes to see and ears to hear what he's saying in this season, in this time. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. He has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. But we are spiritually blind to note that and say that. The misunderstanding in Jesus' day was that the kingdom of God was a future event that could be seen by amazing signs, wonders, instead of seeing it for what it was. A kingdom not for this world. 
No wonder most of us buy salt, buy water, look for which prophet prophesy on our lives, look for whoever to pray for us as if the book is not in front of us. We look for people to do the signs and wonders because we do not have, know the power and the authority that has been given unto us on salvation. I believe this is one of the biggest misconceptions of our days. Many of us try to teach that the kingdom of God is something that will happen when Christ comes. So we are waiting for the rapture. This is a dangerous theology and an biblical theology. It goes against everything God taught about the kingdom and the reign of God. Waiting for that time, we are really mocking God. Our eyes are really closed. A kingdom is not affected. The kingdom is not of this world. It is a spiritual kingdom. It is not affected by government. It is not affected by natural leaders. What does it mean for us that the kingdom of God is in our midst, not a kingdom of this world? It is not dependent on, nor is it hindered by any political affiliation. Jesus was not voted. I don't know if you voted, if you've ever voted for any angel or any minister, it is anointing. It is set aside. We're in the month of consecration. It is all through consecration that we know more about that kingdom. It is not a political part. It is not of this world. It is neither dependent, nor can it be an expression of governmental power ultimately that will hinder that kingdom. There's no governmental power that will hinder the kingdom of God. God brings his kingdom and Christians and the gospel and the kingdom of God to go forth. Sometimes there are countries, there are countries where Christians are persecuted. In some countries, they are tolerated. In some societies, they are on rise. In some societies, they are on decline. But that does not mean that there's no kingdom of God. It is there. Think of the world Christianity. When Jesus died, there was a handful of people on the planet. Literally just a few, a few dozen of people embraced Jesus as king. They embraced Jesus as a priest, as a prophet, as Lord, as savior. Today, almost one in three people on this planet claim that Jesus as Lord and King, they know that he's Lord and King. I have a friend who sits next to me in office. He's a Muslim, a creation. He usually tells us that press is about to call his Holy Spirit. You know, there's something powerful behind all spirit. But I say, huh, one day I wish he would really understand what a whole ghost can do. But he, with his even a little affiliation, he knows there's a Holy Spirit. He knows there's a God that saves. Today, almost in three people on this planet claim Jesus as Lord and King. Now what was happening? It was not because of the government. It is not because of power that we are looking around in the world. No, Christians exist in every kind of relations in the state. It is not the state that has made it move. But I thank God that there is also freedom of worship. But sometimes the freedom of worship has been misused. 
still with or without politics, the kingdom of God will exist. Because the kingdom of God is going forth. The kingdom of God is not tied to a particular political or cultural or societal or civil expression. People are coming to faith in Christ. People are living under the rule of God, acknowledging him as their king. And they are living in a such a way to be the salt and the light in their communities and in their societies. The kingdom of God is going forth. And it is here, brethren, arise that you are not left out. After all your labor, after all you've been put on, on a slight misconception or misunderstanding makes you miss a mark. I pray that I do not miss a mark. I pray that I do not wait for those visible manifestations. We are the visible manifestations of God. Let people see you and they see God. Because God's kingdom is not dependent on governments, regardless of what the political climate we find ourselves in, we must be living for God's glory. We must be the light in the dark world. We must stand out. We must be examples. The kingdom of God has to be seen in us so that it will lose any element of misconception. The kingdom of God is here and it is now. Therefore, we must be living as kingdom citizens now. We must be kingdom citizens and it's through our attitudes, it's through our characters, it is through our occasion with other people, association, our talk, our dress code that will be seen if there is a kingdom of God or if it is not. We are not waiting for Christ's return to live like Christians, but we are doing it so now in anticipation of his return. Let us do it now, brethren. Let us be the light in the world. Let us be seen to be the move of the Lord. Let us do what we are mandated to do. Let us accomplish our assignments, which brings me to a question. Do you know your vision? Do you know your mission? Do you know your assignment on this planet? You're called for a purpose. Do you know your purpose? What is your job description in the kingdom? Are you also waiting to be a representative? Are you waiting to hold an office to lift the name of God high? We are not waiting for the conditions to be favorable or unfavorable or tolerable or intolerable of Christians, but we must live and submit to the reign of Christ here and now. We do not have to wait for another calamity like COVID to be at his feet to search for him endlessly. We do not have to first wait for our teams to die away or to be poor or to face calamities to seek for God. No, it is now. We have to do it now. We are not like the Pharisees who wanted to know what the signs were. So when they started seeing them, they could step in a notch. They were waiting for those signs and they take over and they take over responsibilities. No, we are not Pharisees. I refuse in this season, in this period to be a Pharisee. I refuse, brethren. Let us do our work in the kingdom. 
we are to live for God. And the glory of our king is now, not tomorrow, not in future. It is now. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Wherever you go, wherever you step, do that for the glory of God. Serve for the glory of God not to be seen. Serve at the end of it, wanting your God to be glorified. Let him be at the center of it all. Not where you're going to benefit from. Not what you're going to receive at the end of it. Look at that crown in that kingdom. Wherever God is, let him be God. Let God be truly recognized and honored as a king through you and they know your kingdom. The vast majority of men, of us, we are are deceived. We are deceived in expecting of the respect of the kingdom from other signs. We are waiting for signs that will never appear. Brethren, the signs you're going to wait forever. We are looking for indications that we will never discover. The time is now. This is the time we will... (laughs) Oh, Christ, we must never fear, no matter what this world does, no matter what the government oppresses of work, no matter what we are going on, God is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God is building in church. God is in a move of doing something new. He has already started. He's doing great and marvelous works. But behold, are we part of what he's doing? Are we seeing? God, I pray that everyone on this forum must hear, must see, must behold of your glory and must understand what your kingdom is. What in the world did Jesus mean? In the light of his comments, in the following verses, Jesus was distinguishing between his return in glory and the kingdom of God. When he said the kingdom of God is already among you, he was most likely referring to the reign of God over the hearts. He was referring to the reign of God over the hearts of men and women who long to do his will and pin their hopes on his deliverance. Let us long to do his will. Let us pin our hopes on his deliverance. Whatever storm you're going through, God will calm it down. Whichever valley you're in, God will feel it. Whichever mountain is ahead of you, he will level it. He will part it for you. We are passing through lots of challenges at the verge of giving up. But brethren, my sisters, my brothers, arise. God is still in the business of healing us. He's still in the business of delivering us. He's still in the business of doing his miracles. He has never ceased. He does not change. He does not change his mind. He does not crisscross and is a God that never lies. He's a God that keeps his promises. What he says, he confirms. What he says, he fulfills. That is our good Lord. 
That is our joy of our, or rather the kingdom that he has done. He is to make its entry on the scene with the coming of Jesus and the call of his disciples. It is not a visible territory, brethren, with borders. It is not a capital city with beautiful architecture. No, it is different. Instead, the kingdom, his kingdom, God's kingdom had already begun to make its appearances as people bow their hearts to the king and offer themselves to service to his rule. Let's offer ourselves to his majesty to serve, to do everything we can. Let's open our eyes and we know where we are needed. The question then is not not where is the kingdom the question is not where is the kingdom but is my heart yielded to the king is my heart yielded to the most high or i'm still looking for the kingdom or i'm still looking for that part where is he where is your heart yielded to the king has the kingdom come to you those are questions i want you to ponder has a kingdom come to you? Have you really, truly yielded your heart, soul, mind, and strength to do Lord's will? Can the influence, the power of God's kingdom be seen in your life? Are you any different from those who do not know the kingdom of God? As I conclude, because I see I've shot some minutes, the first is asked God's kingdom would come, not knowing that it has already arrived. The kingdom of God is not like an earthly kingdom with geographical boundaries. Instead, it begins with the work of God's spirit in people's lives and in relationships. We must resist looking for institutions and programs for evidence of the progress of God's kingdom. Instead, we should look for what God is doing in people's lives. The simplest way to understand the kingdom of God is the realm where Jesus Christ reigns as king and God's authority is supreme. The kingdom exists here now in part and in our lives and in our hearts. That is the kingdom of God. It is not far. It is not hidden, but it is within us. It is here and it is now. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord God, almighty king of ages. Oh, Lord, we praise you. We honor you for your power and glory. We praise you for your work of deliverance and salvation, the lives of men and women. Lord, we praise you for the promise of a home and a great future with you. Oh, Lord, now we ask that your will will be done in our lives. Oh, Lord, we offer ourselves. We offer ourselves to you, oh, Lord. Reveal to us anything we need to know. Lord, open our spiritual eyes to see, open our spiritual ears to hear, so that we know the kingdom is not far from us. It is here within us. Let us walk in your purposes and your will. In Jesus' name I prayed. Amen. Amen. Over to you, Susan. Amen. Amen. The, king of, the kingdom of God is at hand. Won't you be part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be part of the kingdom? Thank you so much, and Prosy, for this word.
enlightening and enlightening us about the kingdom of god father i bless you father i honor you father i want to thank you for using your servant so audibly oh god my master will you help us oh god to be ambassadors of your kingdom oh king of kings and lord of lords will you help us to realize oh god that because of of sin your spirit departs from us oh king of kings and it does you have said in your word that it is a sin that separates us and so lord i want to pray that you forgive us oh god for not considering oh god to be part of your kingdom those that are not considering to be part of this oh king of kings my master we thank you lord because your kingdom is not limited by anything it's not limited by space it's not be limited by geographical boundaries it is not limited in any way we thank you lord because as you said oh god my master that we will move to nations oh god to proclaim your gospel god as you promised abraham oh god that he would be father of nations oh god we have seen it in africa we have seen it oh god your kingdom is in africa it is in asia it is in even those areas that are, that people are being persecuted and so we pray that you give us the grace to 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 advance your kingdom to advance your kingdom because that's why you have called us oh god we bless you we honor you oh god and we pray oh god that by your grace we will be able to advance your kingdom oh king of kings and lord of lords by lord being part of it ourselves oh god i am praying for that one that hasn't accepted you as their lord and savior to reign in their lives to bring your kingdom in their lives in their day to day activities that lord they shall be transformed oh god by renewing their minds oh god and accepting you as their lord and personal savior those in our families oh god those that are connected in this fellowship oh king of kings my master father those that we are working with oh god holy spirit we worship you father we worship you oh yes indeed your kingdom is at hand help us to understand your kingdom oh god help us oh god to possess it oh god to know that lord if i accept you i need to be your ambassador oh god here on earth as long as i am living oh god we bless you we glorify your name for it is in jesus name that i have prayed amen